Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Test one, two, three. Test un, deux, trois. We're going to start in about 15 seconds. Okay, thank you for joining us today. My name is Derek Sloan, Member of Parliament for Hastings, Lennox and Addington. I'm here today on behalf of the End the Lockdowns Caucus. The End the Lockdowns Caucus is a Interparliamentarian, uh, interjurisdictional caucus with over 60 uh, elected uh, members uh, from the federal, provincial, and municipal levels of government. We have uh, party leaders as well who have joined together from over seven provinces to say that the use of the lockdowns as experienced in this country have been disproportionate to protecting us from COVID in relation to the harms that they have caused. And today I have with me three other prominent members of this caucus who will present our view on lockdowns from different levels. I will be addressing the federal level. Uh, member Randy Hillier from the provincial legislature in Ontario will be addressing the Ontario response. Uh, Maxime Bernier will be addressing what is going on in Quebec. And Pastor Michael Thiessen will be addressing the impact on churches. We will be taking questions after this presentation and our our sole concern, of course, is to protect uh, Canadians from all harms, including COVID, but in such a way uh, that our, our net outcome is better uh, uh, as opposed to worse. And I believe with the, with the implementation of the lockdowns as we have seen them, we are in fact worse off than if we had done more targeted measures to protect the, the most vulnerable. To, to speak about the federal government, I, I would like to be fair to them and say that COVID-19 caught all of us off guard. No one here should expect perfection from the government, but we should expect the government to learn and respond quickly 
And what we have seen from our government is a series of failures, and I will outline them today. The first was a failure to respond to COVID-19 at the beginning. While countries like Taiwan implemented travel measures against COVID-19 on January 1st of 2020, our public health authorities were calling them racist and ineffective for months after this time. Taiwan is only roughly 100 miles off the coast of China, and yet they have had 11 total COVID deaths to date. That is 11 total, not 11 per million, but 11. This early failure to restrict travel, I believe, enabled the virus to gather critical steam here in Canada. The second failure was a failure to protect the elderly. We knew very early on that the virus was impacting disproportionately our elderly, and yet very little was done to keep them safe. It is true that the regulation of nursing homes and healthcare is, is a provincial matter, and there were failures at that level, but the federal government was not sounding the alarm on this when early data showed that seniors were disproportionately affected. The third failure was a failure to engage in experimental and prophylactic usage of promising drug and vitamin treatments. I will use ivermectin and vitamin D as examples, but there are others. The studies on the correlation between high vitamin D levels and positive outcomes with COVID have been impervious. The Karolinska Institute just published a comprehensive synthesis in the journal Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology on how vitamin D offers a great degree of protection against all respiratory viruses. Note I'm not saying cure, but we are talking about what can we do statistically to enable our population to uh, get through COVID with better outcomes. Recently, the World Health Organization updated its guide on therapeutics and COVID-19. Under ivermectin, the meta-analysis shows an 81% drop in mortality among those who used ivermectin as opposed to standard care. It also shows a 64% decrease in hospitalization. Nonetheless, the World Health Organization refuses to endorse it because it claims the confidence level is low. It is shocking to me that these global elites would continue to treat this long-used drug as experimental while treating novel vaccines that were only studied by the companies creating them as ironclad. And we are seeing issues with some of these vaccines right now. We should be proactively trying new treatments as every day counts in this fight. I have seen nothing to indicate proactivity on studying or using these promising treatments. If we are going to force even our two-year-olds to wear masks, then the least we can do is recommend prophylactic vitamin D usage. The fourth failure was a failure of the federal government to give any useful information on COVID-19. Yes, they told us we were all in this together and other series of platitudes. And yes, they gave us case numbers and death counts. However, they did nothing to quell the fear that's so rampant in our society. This virus is far more dangerous for some people than others. We know through Statistics Canada that 95% approximately of fatalities in Canada due to COVID have been the elderly. Children 19 and under have rounded to the nearest tenth of a percent, and I, I got this data this morning, 0.0% chance of dying from COVID. That data is accurate as of April 9th from Government of Canada sources. There have been seven total deaths of those aged 0 to 19. We have lost far more kids to suicide than this. Every death is a tragedy. But remember, if we're creating more deaths than those we're preventing, that is a greater tragedy. In 2019, 20 kids, three times as many, died from the flu and pneumonia. 
why are we keeping kids home from school? These facts in and of itself should keep our kids from being scared to death of this virus. The fear and anxiety from this pandemic have increased anxiety and fear significantly. McMaster reports that children in hospital for treatment after a suicide attempt have tripled over a four-month period. This was the CBC I read the other day. The odds of the young and healthy dying from COVID-19 are exceptionally low. We should not be scaring them to death. The government could very easily, the federal government could very easily have calmed the nation with a serious and dispassionate look at the data. The final failure was turning on an endless monetary spigot that enticed all the provinces to engage in endless blanket lockdowns that quarantined the healthy and the sick alike. There is no need for blanket lockdowns. Targeted measures to help the most vulnerable would have saved ten, tens of thousands of our seniors. The prophylactic use of vitamin D and ivermectin amongst other drugs would very likely have saved many lives. Instead, the government paid for and encouraged these lockdowns with no end in sight. This has been a catastrophic failure and we need to open Canada up slowly but safely with respect for the vulnerable and working feverishly to examine these promising treatments. The government could do it now, but they are lulled into a false sense of security that is bankrupting our country day by day. Even American liberal media is calling out this government's failures and we're not seeing the same level of criticism here. Lockdowns have costs. We're seeing it in a rapid rise of eating disorders, mental health conditions, addictions, bankruptcies, and more. The federal government has failed to act quickly and wisely with respect to this virus and continues to make these mistakes over a year into the pandemic. All I'm asking is for the sanity to begin and to start now. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Randy Hillier. I'm the member of the Provincial Parliament in Ontario for the riding of Lanark, Frontenac, and Kingston. It's a pleasure to be here with the End of Lockdown Caucus, and I'll share my few remarks about our government's response to COVID. I believe our province and our country is facing the greatest threat that it has ever faced in its existence and in its history. This threat is not external. This threat is not COVID. This threat is a struggle and a conflict for the conscience of Canadians. We have seen all our governments enact measures that are un-Canadian, measures that are unconstitutional measures that are political under the pretext of a health crisis. And I say that with all sincerity. We have, we are engaged in tremendous censorship in our society through the mainstream media, through social media, and self-censorship of ourselves in our desire for conformity. We have attacked, and no one will uphold, our freedom of conscience, 
our freedom of worship, our freedom of mobility, our freedom of speech, our freedom to assemble and to gather peacefully, all of those are under attack in Ontario and many other provinces. Our provinces will not uphold the rule of law. Our federal government will not uphold the rule of law. And we are becoming a lawless society without freedom. That's what has happened since March of 2020. And it's happened because we prevent honest discussion. We preclude honest dissent. People are ridiculed and scorned for speaking of evidence and data that contradicts the public health narrative. I've had many people ask me, what and how can we explain what has happened to us since March of 2020? And many people think that this is, they liken this to a war. We don't sure who we're at war with. Is it public health who prevents treatments? Is it our governments that are there to protect our freedoms? We need to start speaking honestly. We need to stop acting irrationally. We need to be guided by science and data and evidence, not experts who twist and manipulate that data and evidence. But most importantly, what we have lost in 2020, or we, that we realized that we lost long ago, we have lost a moral compass in this country. We need to regain our moral compass if we are ever to regain Canada. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Michael Thiessen. I'm the campaign manager for Liberty Coalition Canada. One of the things that we need to realize in the middle of this crisis is that science is not a moral authority. Most people today are saying to me, follow the science, trust the science to get us through this. The science says this for today. But science in and of itself has no moral ability. Science, scientific discovery is a wonderful thing that uses observation and theory to innovate in the uh, physical world. But the direction, the directional use of science must be guided by another discipline. Science in and of itself is not a moral authority. Scientific innovation can be a helping hand or it can be a striking fist. For the past 13 months, Canada has egregiously ignored the rule of law 
We have become, as Mr. Hillier has just said, a lawless nation that has all but thrown out constitutional law. And even at times, with the uh, entrance of police onto church property and shutting down uh, different businesses and churches, we have thrown out criminal law. And we have been constantly fixated on science. I love science. I have two children who have had significant health challenges, and I greatly appreciate our health professionals. But historically in this country, we received our constitutional and criminal code from the long history of the Western world. The Ten Commandments, the moral law of God, have provided the foundational principles for life, liberty, and justice. The moral law was designed to prevent and restrain evildoers and at the same time to provoke each person to acknowledge sin, blindness of our own behaviors, and the validity of judgment upon ourselves. God is giving, has given us consciences in order to reveal our behaviors. These eternal principles have been applied in and codified for specific situations in Hebraic, Roman, British, and Canadian law. But now we have traded the Ten Commandments of eternal principles for 10,000 Covidian commandments. Even though the Royal Coat of Arms of Canada invokes the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ over the land when it quotes Psalm 72, 8 in Latin, he shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. And the supremacy of God over the dominion of Canada is clearly acknowledged in the preamble of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, whereas Canada is founded upon principles and recognizes the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Even though these things are acknowledged, our nation continues to trade wisdom as positivized historically in our law for a panicked secular response. Never before in our lifetime do we feel so trapped, like permanently living on the schoolyard where the bigger and smarter kids are teamed up and telling the rest of the kids to stay on the fringe and dig dirt in the corners. The Liberty Coalition of Canada is a na national network of clergymen, elected officials such as these marvelous men, special business, uh, small business owners, professionals, legal experts, and other concerned citizens aligned together to produce a change in the current situation for the good of all Canadians. We are currently involved with five initiatives, all of which are designed to restore the rule of law and the joy of liberty in this nation. I'm humbled and honored that one of these initiatives is the End the Lockdowns Caucus, and I am proud of these brave politicians and others uh, who are not with us, who are standing up against these illegal lockdowns.
Thank you. Bonjour tout le monde. Ça me fait plaisir d'être ici aujourd'hui avec mes collègues qui font partie, tout comme moi, du caucus national non-partisan pour mettre fin à ces confinements draconiens et inconstitutionnels et illégaux. Dans une démocratie, comme vous le savez, l'une des, princi des principales obligations des politiciens est de protéger nos libertés individuelles et de protéger nos droits. Eh bien, au cours des 13 derniers mois, des restrictions imposées par le premier ministre et les premiers ministres provinciaux ont violé nos droits et nos libertés. Nous vivons avec des confinements et des restrictions qui dictent tous les aspects de notre vie depuis plus d'un an. C'était censé être une mesure qui allait seulement durer deux semaines pour aplatir la courbe. Mais jamais dans l'histoire de l'humanité, un pays n'a confiné toute sa population pour lutter contre un virus. Cette expérience est une ratée, une ratée, et ça, je ne suis pas le seul à le dire. Nous devons réouvrir notre économie, sachant que le taux de survie pour les Canadiens de moins de 70 ans est de 99,95 parmi les personnes infectées par le virus. Et les Canadiens de moins de 30 ans sont plus susceptibles de mourir de la grippe saisonnière que de la COVID. Les gouvernements et les médias, oui, les médias, alimentent la peur et l'hystérie du public à propos de la COVID en faisant taire les opinions contraires et expertises contradictoires. J'espère que je me trompe aujourd'hui et que les opinions de mes collègues vont être entendues par nos par nos citoyens canadiens. L'hystérie COVID doit prendre fin. Le gros bon sens doit prévaloir. M. Trudeau a déclaré que les vaccins n'étaient pas suffisants pour mettre fin aux masques obligatoires et aux restrictions de distanciation sociale. Pour M. Trudeau, cette fausse crise dure longtemps et plus elle dure longtemps, plus il peut dépenser d'argent et plus il peut acheter des votes. Les confinements et les mesures drastiques ont des effets désastreux. Mes collègues en ont parlé. Nous avons des gens qui meurent suite à des opérations annulées, des décès par surdose de drogue, des dépressions, des suicides, des entreprises qui font faillite. Le remède est maintenant pire que la maladie. Les provinces ont pris ces mesures autoritaires encouragées par le fédéral dans son rôle de coordination en santé publique. Le Parti populaire du Canada cessera d'encourager les provinces à imposer des confinements à leurs concitoyens en ne finançant plus, en ne finançant pas, les coûts économiques de ces confinements inutiles et dévastateurs. Les politiciens de l'establishment veulent imposer aujourd'hui un passeport vaccinal. Ils veulent nous diviser en deux catégories de citoyens, les personnes vaccinées et les personnes non vaccinées. Les Canadiens vaccinés auront des privilèges par rapport aux non vaccinés. Les personnes non vaccinées ne pourront pas voyager, pas aller à un match de hockey, à un concert rock. Ils ne pourront pas participer pleinement à la société civile. Je ne veux pas. Je ne veux pas d'une société où l'on doit montrer ses papiers pour participer à la vie en société. Le Parti populaire du Canada 
est le seul parti politique national qui se bat ouvertement pour mettre fin à ces confinements autoritaires et contre tout passeport vaccinal. Et lors de la prochaine élection générale, les Canadiens auront un choix clair entre tous les partis de l'establishment, les libéraux, les conservateurs, les néo-démocrates, les Verts et le Bloc québécois qui soutiennent et défendent ces mesures draconiennes et inconstitutionnelles, et nous, au PPC, qui allons toujours nous battre pour préserver nos libertés. Nous devons travailler ensemble et nous dresser contre la tyrannie qui nous empêche d'être forts et libres. In a democracy, one of the chief obligations of politicians is to protect our individual liberty and our personal rights. In the last 13 months of restrictions, the prime minister and provincial premiers have violated our rights and freedoms. We have been living with lockdowns and restrictions that have dictated every aspect of our lives for over a year. It was supposed to be a two-week measure to flatten the curve. Never in the history of mankind has a country locked up its entire population to stop a virus. It is a failed experiment and Canadians are paying the price. We must, we must reopen our economy knowing that Canadians under the age of 70 have a 99.95% survival rate among those infected with the virus. Canadians under 30 are more likely to die from the seasonal flu than from COVID-19. Governments and media are stocking public fear about COVID by silencing conflicting opinions and expertise. Doctors, nurses from across the country have proven that lockdowns are an ineffective measure. But the historical narrative is pushed by pushed above rational debate. This COVID hysteria must end. Common sense and scientific debate must prevail. Mr. Trudeau said vaccines were not enough to end mask warrants and social distancing restriction. The longer this fall crisis lasts for Trudeau, the more money he can spend without restriction and the more votes he can buy. We must open the economy and lock down Mr. Trudeau's spending. Because of these lockdowns and drastic measures, Canadians are dying from cancelled surgeries, operations, drug overdose, and suicide. Rates of depression have risen dramatically across the country, and our children are suffer immensely. The cure is worse than the disease. However, Trudeau and the federal government are not the only ones to blame. The provincial governments are responsible for the destruction of our economy and our society as well. A PPC government will not stand for this. The People's Party will encourage provinces to end their lockdowns by ending all financials of economic costs in relation to these ineffective lockdowns. Recently, we've read in the news that establishment politicians want to impose a vaccine passport.
They want to divide us in two categories of citizens, vaccinated one and unvaccinated people. Vaccinated Canadians will have privileges over unvaccinated. Unvaccinated people won't be able to travel, go to a hockey game or to a rock concert. They will not be able to participate fully in civil society unless they obey to the tyrannical dictates of the establishment. I don't want a show-me-your-papers society. We will never accept it. It's not the Canadian way. The People's Party of Canada is the only national political party fighting openly to end these authoritarian lockdowns and fighting against the imposition of vaccine passports. In the next general election, Canadians will have a clear choice between all the establishment parties, Liberal, Conservative, New Democrat, Green, and the Bloc Québécois, who support and defend these draconian measures and the PPC, which will always defend our freedoms. I call upon Canadians today who have a fire in their hearts and want to see our country succeed. We must all work together and stand up against this uh, tyrannical, these tyrannical actions of the federal and provincial governments. Only through cooperation, we can shape up Ottawa and start making Canada strong and free again. Thank you. Nous sommes prêts à répondre à vos questions. We are ready to answer your questions. Thank you. And we'll now go to questions, starting with questions on the phone, alternating it between the phone line and the room. One question, one follow-up per usual. Nous allons maintenant passer aux questions en alternance entre le téléphone et la salle, comme à l'habitude d'une question, une question suivie. Operator, do we have a first question? We do. And uh, this is from uh, Lena Dib at the press, uh, La Presse Canadienne. Go ahead, ma'am. Oui, bonjour. Euh, Monsieur Bernier, je, deux petites questions pour vous. D'abord, à qui pensez-vous que vous parlez euh, en ce moment quand vous voyez la situation au Québec et l'appui que reçoit Monsieur Legault pour ce qui est en train de se passer? Et puis, je vous ai entendu sur le passeport vaccinal. Euh, vous êtes contre. Je me demandais ce que, si vous aviez aussi une opinion sur le vaccin. Est-ce que vous allez vous faire vacciner ou est-ce que vous, vous ne voulez pas du vaccin? Bien, au Parti populaire, nous sommes pour la liberté de choix en ce qui concerne les vaccins. Les Canadiens peuvent et, et doivent se faire, faire vacciner s'ils le veulent et s'ils le souhaitent. Euh, en ce qui concerne moi personnellement, j'ai 58 ans, je suis en pleine forme et donc je ne pense pas que j'ai besoin du vaccin. Euh, et, mais comme vous j'ai dit dans, lors de la présentation, je suis contre l'imposition de passeport vaccinal aux Canadiens pour voyager ou faire des activités. Ça va créer de la... Euh, de la de, de, ça va éliminer l'harmonie dans notre société. Ça va créer euh, une société où il va y avoir deux genres de citoyens, ceux qui ont un vaccin et ceux qui n'en ont pas. Ça va créer de la discrimination. Euh, en ce qui concerne la première partie de votre, votre question, c'était à qui je, je parle. Je pense que je parle aux, à l'ensemble des Québécois et des Canadiens. Euh, M. Legault et M. Arruda ont 
ont fait hier, une, il y a quelques jours, une conférence de presse et imposé euh, des masques pour les activités à l'extérieur. Euh, et je pense que c'est une mesure qui euh, n'a pas, pas lieu d'être imposée. Euh, les gens devraient être libres de porter des masques à l'extérieur s'ils le veulent ou pas. Et euh, oui, je crois qu'il y a une, une minorité actuellement qui est d'accord avec les propos euh, du caucus pour la fin des confinements. Mais cette minorité-là grandit sans cesse. Et euh, on est une minorité parce qu'on a été euh, coupé de la de l'action, coupé de, de être capable de s'adresser aux gens par le, les médias ou les médias sociaux. Et c'est ce que je dis. Il y a eu une censure qui s'est effectuée et les gens n'ont pas eu l'occasion d'entendre un autre point de vue que le point de vue gouvernemental et le point de vue euh, officiel. Et c'est ce que je déplore. Donc, euh, je fais actuellement une tournée derrière le Canada pour justement sensibiliser les Canadiens sur l'autre point de vue et euh, demander aux Canadiens qu'ils se lèvent debout pour défendre leur liberté parce que ce qui se passe au pays actuellement, c'est inconstitutionnel et, et on, doit, on doit se défendre pour préserver notre liberté ici au Canada en 2021. C'est triste à dire, mais c'est la réalité. Euh, quand vous dites... Euh, y a... Quand vous dites qu'il y a de la censure, je m'excuse, je m'entends un peu en écho. Quand vous dites qu'il y a de la, de la censure dans les médias sociaux, j'aimerais que vous m'expliquiez comment est-ce qu'on quelqu'un vous aurait empêché de, de propager votre discours sur vos comptes de médias sociaux. Je ne vois pas trop. Et puis, quand vous me dites que vous, vous êtes en bonne santé, vous n'avez pas besoin de vaccin, euh, je me demandais qu'est-ce que vous pensez de l'idée que la vaccination, c'est un effort collectif, qu'on ne se vaccine pas juste pour soi mais aussi euh, pour éviter de propager une maladie qui pourrait euh, rendre quelqu'un d'autre malade ou même tuer quelqu'un. Bien, les, en ce qui concerne les vaccins, comme vous savez, euh, je ne suis pas contre les vaccins. J'ai eu plusieurs vaccins. J'ai été ministre des Affaires étrangères. J'ai eu à voyager. J'ai eu des vaccins. Et, mais pour ce qui est du vaccin de la COVID, comme je l'ai dit, je ne pense pas de le prendre. Et je pense que j'assume euh, mes responsabilités. Euh, on va avoir une immunité collective qui s'en vient ici au pays grâce à, aux gens qui se font vacciner et aussi aux gens qui ont eu euh, euh, la COVID et, euh, et qui ont développé des... Euh, des anticorps. Donc, euh, ces deux phénomènes ensemble font en sorte qu'on va avoir une, euh, une, une façon de pouvoir euh, le plus rapidement possible arrêter ces mesures draconiennes et c'est ce que je souhaite. En ce qui concerne la censure, euh, oui, vous avez raison de dire que je n'ai pas été censuré personnellement sur les médias sociaux, mais euh, on regarde juste qu ce qui s'est passé pour le gouverneur de la Floride, par exemple. Il a fait une conférence de presse avec trois experts médicaux et euh, YouTube euh, censure cette conférence de presse-là. On s'aperçoit qu'il y a de la censure sur les médias Merci. sociaux et euh, c'est ce qu'il faut contrer. Oui, bonjour, M. Bernier. J'aimerais vous entendre ce matin, M. O'Toole présente son plan vert, son plan pour le climat, qui comprend notamment un prix sur le carbone qui serait moins élevé que celui de M. Trudeau. Euh, Qu'est-ce que vous pensez de ce virage-là que prend M. O'Toole euh, et de cette approche-là par rapport à la tarification du carbone? Mr. Sloan, feel free to jump in also about the, the climate plan of Mr. Trudeau this morning and the fact that it includes the price on carbon lower than the one for Mr. Trudeau, but 
I'd like to hear you both. Yeah. Shortly, just to... Uh, uh, OK, juste pour vous dire que uh, je, je ne suis pas surpris. Je ne suis pas surpris. Uh, M. O'Toole uh, avertit les membres du Parti conservateur qu'il prenait un changement draconien en ce qui concerne la lutte au changement climatique. Uh, là, on est à se battre des deux partis uh, nationaux, uh, les vieux partis. Qui va être le plus avoir une, une position pour lutter contre les changements climatiques qui est la plus efficace? Moi, je dit que, comme je le dis, il faut laisser ça aux provinces. Nous, au Parti populaire, nous n'imposerons pas de taxes sur le carbone, pas de nouvelles réglementations et, et on va laisser les provinces gérer les changements climatiques. Mais euh, on s'aperçoit que M. O'Toole, vêtement, il, il, il porte un masque rouge, un masque libéral et il pense aller chercher plus d'appui dans les grands centres avec cette politique-là. Je dis aux conservateurs déçus euh, de ces politiques-là que la porte est ouverte au Parti populaire. Thank you for that question. Um, frankly, even I was surprised, and I've, I've seen a lot uh, come from, uh, from Mr. O'Toole and this government. Um, if you remember in the leadership race, uh, he was very uh, definitive. He was accused, in fact, by Peter McKay and others of clandestinely wanting to bring in a carbon tax. And I believe that's what's happened today. I mean, people can dispute me if they like, but I think that's exactly what's happened. I don't think I'm exaggerating to say that. Um, with respect to... What should be done, I mean, again, any, uh, any global, uh, it, any, any, uh, any plan that Canada has to deal with any sort of environmental issue, uh, particularly when it comes to emissions, needs to be global. And if we take our, you know, 1.7% of global emissions and make it 1.3 or 1.2, a great cost to our own economy, and China grows by 10%, um, it doesn't help anybody. In fact, it, it means probably we'll be buying more things from China. So I'm against that, but... Uh, J'aimerais vous entendre sur un aspect plus technique. Je vois que personne ne porte le masque en avant aujourd'hui. Euh, habituellement, euh, la coutume veut que les gens qui ne sont pas au podium portent un masque. Euh, juste m'expliquer sans jugement. Je, je veux juste savoir qu'est-ce qui explique ce choix-là que vous avez fait ce matin. Nous, euh, nous sommes dans une bulle actuellement, la bulle du caucus euh, pour mettre fin au confinement. Nous avons eu plusieurs réunions ensemble, ce n'est pas la première. Et, euh, et on, a, on, on décide de nous que, les, je l'ai dit tantôt, ces mesures draconiennes-là sont un peu exagérées. Je respecte les gens qui veulent porter un masque et euh, c'est bien parfait. Mais en ce qui concerne une conférence de presse, je ne vois pas les gens ici en conférence de presse à porter des masques lors d'une conférence de presse. Merci. Et nous allons poursuivre avec les questions au téléphone. We'll now continue with the questions on the phone. Operator, next question. If you have any questions, pour vous rappeler, n'hésitez pas à appuyer sur étoile 1 pour toute question. La prochaine question est de Andrew Lawton de True North. The next question from Andrew Lawton from True North. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. One thing that I'm seeing just from ordinary Canadians is that there's a lot of uh, opposition to lockdowns coming from people who are not uh, partisan conservatives or, or not even particularly political. And we're seeing this across the spectrum. But I, I noticed that in the end, the lockdowns caucus, it's uh, not just uh, politicians who have uh, been identified with uh, conservatism or, or with uh, right of center movements, but uh, even a, a smaller subset of that. So I, I'm wondering why 
you're not seeing more support for your cause from politicians that disagree with you on other things, but may agree with you on ending lockdowns. Thank you for that question. You know, a lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of it has to do with party discipline in this country. The majority of people in our uh, federal and provincial parliaments belong to a specific party. And we have a, a very we have a, we have strict discipline here. There's there's an understanding, either implicit or explicit, that you you know you told the party line, and none of the party leaders have decided to um, uh, you know be against the lockdowns or, or or message on these things. And so I think a lot of people that that have issues or maybe questions are afraid uh, uh, to 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 color outside of the lines. Uh, you know, overall, I think. Um, by leaders and others, it's a it's a it's a failure of courage, a failure of being willing to perhaps stand up and say, "Hey, we made some mistakes. Uh, we've learned. We want to move on." But it's a it's a failure of courage, and I think that that's what Canada needs right now is more courage. Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's Randy Hillier. Hey, Randy. I think what Derek gave a. a a good encapsulation there. Uh, I'll just maybe flesh that out a, a tiny bit. Um, the problems that we're facing in our society of the need to conform within society, our political environment is much the same, um, but in a smaller microcosm of the of the distortions and the perversions. That's what's hap what's happening, and. People in elected office, especially at the federal and the provincial level, um, many of them understand that their path to re-election is only through a registered uh, political party. And they will not jeopardize their path to re-election, um, even if it means forsaking their children's and their grandchildren's future. They are going along, many of them, knowingly knowing that what we're doing is wrong and casts a significant darkness for our future. The same thing happens, although not quite as clearly identified at the municipal level, but we've seen what has happened with members of the end of the lockdown caucus at the municipal level who have joined. Stephen Van Leeuwen was ostracized and attempted to be and faced much scorn uh, for joining the end of lockdown caucus. He was removed from the position as deputy mayor. Um, we've seen others, uh, Mayor David Blisma from West Lincoln was removed from the COVID health committee for joining the end of lockdown caucus. We see this everywhere. COVID is being used to beat people into submission and into conformity. That you, anybody knows, if you want to have honest, truthful, public discussion and discourse, you will pay a price. I'm very thankful that the end of lockdown caucus are strong men and women across this country who know what it is to be Canadian and know that they will, whatever the price, 
that we were asked to pay, that we will pay it because our children and our grandchildren, their future is worth it. Thank you. Follow up. Is the goal of your caucus to eliminate all restrictions and allow individuals and businesses uh, make decisions for themselves, or is there a, a moderate, a, a more moderated framework that you'd advocate for? Some form of restrictions, but uh, a lot uh, fewer and a lot more lax than what we're seeing from provinces right now. Well, thanks again for the question. Um, this end of lockdown caucus is a caucus of willing participants. There is no um, mandate and no expectation that there is only one voice for the end of lockdown caucus. Each individual has their own conscience and will and represent different areas and may offer different solutions. And so, so there isn't a blanket answer to that, Andrew, but I will say from my perspective, from my perspective, that all the lockdown measures must be rescinded in Ontario. There is no justification for any lockdown measures in Ontario. There is no merit to having any business closed. There is no merit to having any church closed. There is no merit for Bill 195, which delegated all the legislative authorities to an unelected, unaccountable public health bureaucracy. That's my view here in Ontario. That's what the evidence and the data shows me. We're um, all, but as I said, this is a caucus. It's, it's, it comes under the heading of uh, uh, the Liberty Coalition Canada. We respect individual choices, personal responsibility, and decisions. Thank you. And uh, Andrew, if I may add, Maxime Bernier, I share everything that uh, my colleague Randy just said. Thank you. Operator, avons-nous une prochaine question? La prochaine question est de Boris Proux, Le Devoir. Next question from Boris Proux from Le Devoir. Go ahead. Bonjour, Monsieur Bernier. Euh, ma question concerne la réouverture des, euh, des endroits des commerces. Euh, comme vous savez sans doute, euh, il y a un gym à Québec qui s'appelle le Mega Fitness Gym qui est associé à plusieurs centaines de cas de COVID-19. Une personne euh, aurait aussi, un client aurait malheureusement perdu la vie. Euh, je me demande si votre plan de réouverture, euh, dont faites la promotion ce matin, euh, risque pas de provoquer encore plus de situations comme celle-ci ou si vous êtes indifférent en fait à cette situation-là. Non, c'est malheureux ce qui est arrivé à Québec, euh, mais euh, on ne peut pas, comme je l'ai dit dans mon discours, euh, bloquer et fermer toute activité économique au pays. Le coût est énorme. Le coût est énorme, pas seulement pour euh, les gens euh, qui sont en affaires comme ce gym-là, mais aussi, comme je l'ai dit plus tôt, les, euh, les gens qui attendent dans des listes d'attente. Maintenant, la priorité de notre système de santé est axée euh, exclusivement sur la COVID. Et on s'aperçoit qu'au Québec, 
le nombre de cas peut peut-être augmenter, mais euh, le nombre de décès diminué drast drastiquement depuis euh, un bout de temps. On est à peu près à une moyenne de 8 décès par jour. Euh, et donc, c'est cette donnée-là qu'on doit regarder. Euh, maintenant, il y a une immunité collective qui, qui commence à s'établir au Québec avec les gens qui ont des vaccins, avec les gens qui ont eu la COVID, qui ont été asymptomatiques. Donc, je dis qu'il est temps plus que jamais de réouvrir les commerces et aussi de faire en sorte que les gens qui n'ont pu avoir de diagnostic pour leur cancer, de chirurgie qui ont été reportées, euh, des dépressions, euh, le, 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 la maladie, euh, elle, est, elle est là, elle est réelle, mais il faut regarder les impacts globaux et c'est ce, ce que je dis. Euh, les impacts globaux sont plus importants maintenant et c'est pour ça qu'il est le temps de réouvrir. Merci. Et en suivi, euh, euh, comme vous le savez sans doute, certaines personnes croient que euh, la pandémie de COVID-19 est planifiée ou créée de toutes pièces par euh, des élites mondiales pour leur pouvoir. J'aimerais juste savoir euh, si vous avez une réponse définitive, à savoir si vous adhérez à cette vision du monde. Quel serait votre message pour ceux qui pensent ça? Bien, premièrement, c'est une insulte que vous euh, laissez sous-entendre que je suis un complotiste. Je ne suis pas un complotiste. Je, je ne suis pas une personne qui ne croit pas au vaccin. Je suis un politicien qui croit à la liberté individuelle et à la responsabilité individuelle. Et je regarde les faits. Et les faits me disent et nous disent qu'il qu est temps de réouvrir l'économie et de cesser ces confinements-là. Euh, je ne partage absolument pas le point de vue de ces gens. Euh, et, euh, et pour nous, euh, au Parti populaire, je pense que c'est clair la bataille que nous faisons. Je vous invite à aller regarder euh, sur Twitter ou sur Facebook toutes les prises de position que j'ai prises. Euh, elles sont en ligne avec ce que je vous dis ce matin. Euh, c'est dommage que vous pensez que des personnes qui ont des points de vue contraires puissent être complotistes. Euh, ça n'est pas le cas des gens ici euh, avec moi, puis euh, je, je suis euh, contre ces théories-là qui ne sont pas fondées sur la science. Merci. Operator, do we have a next question? Yes, the next question is from Karen Selleck from Western Standard Online. La prochaine question est de Karen Selleck de Western Standard Online. Please go ahead. Allez-y. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Derek, I am interested in what you were saying about vitamin D because this is a subject that I have been following and writing about for decades. And um, not just with respect to what vitamin D might do for COVID, obviously. There's um, a lot of evidence for, that has been accumulating scientific studies for years um, uh, showing that people would do better uh, against flu, against cancer, against all kinds of respiratory viruses if they had better vitamin D levels. Yet Health Canada, on its website for decades, has had uh, advice that is diametrically opposed to the best information that people could get with regard to sun exposure and with regard to supplementation. So they recommend supplementation that would barely prevent rickets but not promote good health. Is there something that you could do to ensure that Health Canada um, at least changes what's on its website so that it's not giving bad information that has actually harmed people's health? And do you think there would be any possibility of getting statistics via um, an epidemiologist or something about how many people have actually died because of the bad advice that Health Canada gives with regard to sun exposure and vitamin D supplementation? I have to have this mic on. Oh, it's on. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for that question. And, and you're right. Um, 
it, the science is clear that uh, uh, adequate vitamin D uh, level and usage is is prevent is protective, preventative, not an absolute cure, but preventive and protective protective against basically all respiratory uh, illnesses, including COVID. Um, the only way that Health Canada will change is either through uh, is it is essentially if the government were to to uh, uh, to do that themselves. But I think from our level, we can spread the information. The science is clear. Uh, it is it is very apparent uh, that uh, that all of us should be should be using vitamin D, should be using more than the recommended uh, levels. You're right. The government or the Health Canada recommends a very small level. It's uh, it's quite possible to take more than that without in any way harming uh, your health. And I think we should all be doing that. It's something that they should have been recommending very early on. And we probably would have saved many lives had that been recommended. Follow up? No, that's fine. Thank you. Operator, have we a prochaine question? There are no questions registered at this time. We have no questions registered at this time. I'd like to turn the meeting back over to Ms. Christine. And this concludes the press conference. This is my final conference of press. Merci. Wow. Uh, well, there is hope for you, kids. <laughs> Do not despair. There are men out there that actually will stand in the space. Oh, well, I guess I got to turn this off. Hello. Hello. We'll stand in a clearing in a space of commitment to truth, to hold space for truth. And to get off this roller coaster ride of feelings over facts, scientific facts. I mean, what? It's, it's astounding to me that we've gone so far away from science and so far into feelings of fear. And so I'm grateful for these men standing in that space and holding it open for truth to live and breathe similar to my friends over at uh, chrome artistic barbering alicia and dennis down at evolution spa and anyone else that is peacefully defying these unenforceable mandates they're not laws mandates it's all we have if you don't do it now you will have nothing left to stand for. It's not, I'm not trying to promote fear. I'm just saying your liberties are being amended and removed in shocking, shockingly quick fashion. And no one seems to be worried about it. Thank God for some of the strong women that are standing against masking children. Men are cucking to the establishment and just getting on their knees for media and promoting 
more fear. A friend of mine that attends many protests. I'm not much of a protester or a marcher. I was involved in Saturdays because I was asked to MC kind of like introduce the the speakers, start the day off, and you know I'm. <laughs> it's not you know standing up in front of 1,500 um, people who have kind of spontaneously amassed with little regard for our expectations what was happening wasn't you know I wasn't prepared for that but I'm happy to lend my voice to the cause and all that you are remaining open and all you that are defying peacefully all you that have ditched your masks thank you and that's I mean what else is there you know what is it Chris who's Chris in Toronto Chris what's his name He's talking about like these pro- the protesting is not working. You need to form groups of activists that go out and actually break these mandates on mass in group, maskless shopping. I don't know what it is, man, but uh, I'm happy that these guys are around. And I said in a in a in a comment here, and we can get to some of yours if you like. Uh, I'm back at 3 p.m. with uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Jones. He's the author of Five Steps to Kill a Nation and the founder of Gatekeepers.com. I'm back at 7 o'clock tonight again for my Thursday night Jim Fannin show. And then Monday, sorry, when Saturday at 1 p.m., Tommy Gunn comes in playing live. Check it out. So I'm happy to lend my voice to this cause um, I want to give props, excuse me, to all those businesses that are remaining open and all those people that have shifted your mindset to I will defy Chris Sky, of course. All the props to Alicia and Dennis and every business and everyone that's standing up to government overreach, tyranny, and standing for freedom and liberties. Man, I'm learning how important they are, and more importantly than that, how I feel when they're taken from me. It's like I'm also learning how important good friends are and how to make it without them when they abandon you or worse, attack you. Many of you listening are in the same boat. I'm not special. I get it. But somehow my talking about it and bringing it up maybe is putting a new communication on your lips that's more effective with the people you love. I don't know. I pray for that. I'm learning how fragile mental health is. Not so much for myself, although I do see it in myself uh, more now than ever, especially with the lockdown over the last year and how being disconnected from your friends and family and hugs, connectedness, friendship. I'm going out of my way to meet strangers now because I'm grateful for any connection that I get in my life and I will not, I will not question or waver on what, what are you doing here? I, I will not question. <laughs> I'm just grateful for it. And guess what? I'm not the only one. People are thirsty for connectedness. Let's see if I can get this screen off here. 
Oh, yeah, I don't want to use audio because then I have this habit of coming back and looking down and going, oh, great. I just did a 40-minute segment with my mic turned off. I can hear it in my head, but sometimes I forget to turn it up so you can hear it. After I go listening to these dweebs, I forget (laughs) because I get an echo if I don't cut my mic. Anyways, you don't care about that. I can't, I don't know if I can show this. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to I'm gonna do it anyway. This is no lockdowns, Niagara. I guess there's some private information up there because this is a private group. There's pictures of people that are already belonging to it. It's not really big, so I'm not going to hover over it. But I would encourage you to head on over there. Here they are just approaching 6,000 members in less than two weeks, basically. Anyway, back to learning how to deal with the fragility of mental health in society, like for everyone, right? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, I'm, this is impacted in many ways, but I'm, I find myself giving myself permission to lose my freaking mind because who keeps a straight mind in today, today's day and age if you're in tune with what's going on? If, if you've managed to keep your head straight through all this, either you just don't care to look at the problem, which God bless you. I wish I was more like you. I wish I could get back to a state of not really being so engaged and so thirsty for justice and, and thirsty to bust a false narrative or, or whatever that looks like. And just be oblivious. I wish I could go back to that, but it's too late for me. I'm too far gone. True.tube is getting set up. Okay, I'm going to say this one more time. I don't march. I don't protest. But there I was on Saturday. This Saturday, I think, because I've got Tommy Gunn at 1 p.m., I don't feel like I'm going to race down to Niagara Falls. My back is hamburger. I'm not feeling well. So I think I'm just going to sit right here at this uh, battle station that I've got. And somehow, if your live feeds come through this group or you use a hashtag, I don't know, maybe no lockdown Niagara, no lockdowns Niagara, hashtag NLN maybe, then I can pick them up. I can pick up all those live feeds and feed them through one source and then switch them all day. That I think that might be okay. So live streaming your live feed all in one spot for, I don't know, for many hours. And then maybe I'll do like some conversations. I could take some interviews over top of it because we're not going to be, we're not going to want to listen to all the audio of it, but I can keep the video in the back just so you can kind of keep track. Maybe I'll cover some of the speeches. But that's what I'm committed to. What up, homie? What do you got for us? You know, this is nothing but fear. Here's Bell Media, CTV News. Bell Media is just propagating fear on the regular. 
Anyways, I'm not much of a protester. I'm not much of a marcher. I didn't march. I did MC kind of badly. Oh, well. <laughs> you got to learn to read the crowd, man. I did not read that crowd well. It was too big, and I was unexpected. I was taken off guard, and then my mic was not effective at getting control of them, so I kind of pulled the uh, <laughs> eject. I pulled the ripcord pretty quickly. Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm not anti-mask. Just because I don't want to wear one and I think that you shouldn't mask children doesn't mean I think that... Well, I do think that you shouldn't wear one, but I'm not anti-mask all activist all over you. I don't say anything in public to the people. Like yesterday, a full family, as we walked down the beach at sunset, a full family of people in the water, in masks... I can only shake my head. So, yes, I am guilty of judgment. I guess I'm going to say I'm not judgmental. I'm certainly judgmental, but I'm not anti-mask from the standpoint. Like, you do whatever you want. I'm not the the last guy that's going to tell you what to do. But if you're putting a mask on your children, now we got issues. Because you're, frankly, an ignorant idiot that's, in my view, committing child abuse, especially by bringing your child up in a culture of fear you rejects twitter what's up i got some good feed from you guys today max bernier must have tweeted out the thing because i looked down and i had 75 periscope viewers so that was unexpected i don't usually get that many viewers so thank you max follow max at maxime bernier and of course you can find the ppc all over the place at Derek Sloan CPC. Sloan is S L O A N. At Derek Sloan CPC and at Randy Hillier. H I L L I E R. Randy Hillier is a man. Especially in this movement. So important. So thanks. Twitter, what's up? I got, uh, we're up on Twitch, D Live. The new channel over on YouTube is called You've Been Duped. And it's a picture of me with my ninja mask, basically. We have three subs in, well, why? I don't know. I think my first video came out a week ago. I just started promoting it. And we're doing live feeds from it now because the other two channels are shut down because uh, I got ripped for a Tony Robbins clip that went, what are you guys worried about, man? The death rate is lower this year. You know, it's the same as it has been every year. So stop it. Yeah, they took that down after four months. It was, no, it wasn't up there four months. Maybe two months. It's been up there a couple months because I think he just said it. <laughs> and they came for me. Give me a strike and reduced. Well, took away my ability to um, live broadcast. Oh, look at me. I'm, oh, I guess well, I haven't refreshed the page, but looks like I don't post a lot in this group, but I put this up today because I think it's this Christine Van Gein, Van Gein, uh, an interesting set of questions from this tweet. And if you're expecting a curfew to come down very soon, you're not crazy. 
where do we get off this ride? I just don't know. With so many virtue signaling people and governments, where does the ride stop? I don't like the government. I don't like the government telling me what to do. I'm not opposed to having laws, but they will not tell me whether I can see my dying parents or who I can have dinner with or who I can walk down the beach with. I'm just hoping, hoping. To s the beach was rammed last night. There wasn't even a sunset. It was cloudy. I mean, there was a sunset, but it wasn't visible. So I did my usual kilometer trek all the way down to the creek from poopy beach where the boat launches municipal sunset whatever and yeah when i came back the sun had been down for a half an hour or 15 minutes or something and the parking lot was still full of people sitting in their cars smoking and talking and listening to music and <laughs> you want to feel reconnected to your society and be around people that support you go to the protest on sunday and saturday one o'clock i think that they're at the old arena or something like that again i'm not a protester i barely promote them but for your own mental health if you want to get out of your little shell there and go feel connected to people that actually believe the same thing you do like open up the economy you dumbasses i would recommend a little um, take the kids even i mean it's i don't know you're not going to see too many masks in that crowd and the the bodies are not piling up in the streets yet from not wearing them <laughs> funny walter Sensic virtue signals after he goes out on a black lives matter protest that's cool but no an anti-lockdown protest is labeled white supremacist this is the same Mayor Wally Senzik that figuratively stood up in the regional council meeting and told council that Mayor Bilsma was, was dog-whistling for white supremacists by saying all lives matter. You know what, Walter? You're a complete failure, an absolute ineffective politician you are almost at the end of your second term and you have not done a thing well you got that forty thousand dollar hashtag you gave your buddy's firm to construct for you you've done nothing i can't even be angry at what you've done because you haven't done a thing maybe that's what i'm angry about well maybe i'm maybe i'm grateful you don't have control of your, your council, even though you vote with them in the majority all the time. You got a radical, left-wing, ideologically possessed, activist council. Congratulations. Way to reel in the elected officials. Failure, Walter. Failure. You know, the previous administration to you did things like building performing art centers and hockey palaces and entertainment complexes and reducing the vacancy rate of the commercial core downtown almost cutting it in half what are you done walter there's more needles there's more homeless 
<laughs> what really? What have you done for St. Catharines, Walter? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Failure. You know, and I'm not a guy that hates the person, man. I really don't. I can bury my hatchet on how I feel about people any time. Beer cures everything. I will ha- buy you a drink any time to sit in your company and try and find places where we agree. Common ground. I know I come out here and I complain a lot. I'm trying to figure out how to bring love to a situation that I'm so freaking angry about because when you mess with children, it makes me rage like nothing else. I don't have kids. I don't know why I'm so protective of them, but I just can't tell you how it makes me rage when I see you masking children. <sighs> Peekaboo. What up, kids? I'm advertising for... Uh, Canadian Tire today. This episode brought to you by your local Canadian Tire dealer. <laughs> Fourth Avenue and Welland Avenue in St. Catharines. <laughs> Curbside pickup is available for you at Canadian Tire. CanadianTire.ca. <laughs> That's good on the... Pr- <laughs> I don't have a read to do. I don't let the gov- I don't like the government tell me what to do, and I don't like it when you are masking your kids. Freaks me out, man. It's not good. So I'll be back at 3 o'clock today with Sam Jones. Sam Jones is the author of the book, Five Steps to Kill a Nation. He's also the founding member of Gate the Gatekeepers.com. I should have this written down, right? TheGatekeepers.com. Sam, I don't think you've sent me a bio to introduce you. I'm winging this, man. Because this is a pastor... Uh, that I respect. He's connected to Jeff Dornick. Dornick? Yeah, Dornick I interviewed a few months ago. Um, Man, a great Twitter following. I've been very fortunate with some of these uh, interviews that I've been blessed with. Anyway, we're going live at 3 p.m. today. It's 12.14. I really need to get my life together. (laughs) I've been up since... Oh, man. I got up at 1.30 in the morning for a few hours and then back to sleep and then back up just in time for my 7.30 men's group Zoom call, which lasted till almost past 10.30 or something. It's officially done at 8.30, but I kind of stay on the the after party and the tailgate with a couple few guys that do and get filled up with support, masculine support. If you're looking for something... Um, supportive and you're a man Thursdays at 7.30 hit me up I'll send you the private zoom link and you don't have to say a thing you don't have to turn your camera on you can just sit there and listen to a bunch of guys that are just struggling trying to get through life and supporting each other so I'm talking to you if you're not connected and you want to be and you feel uh, isolated and you're a man we don't have to get into the technical t- t- definition of what a man is. If you're a man, no women allowed. It's a men's group. Get over yourself. Um, so, yeah, back at 3 o'clock with Sam Jones, then back tonight at 7, thir- seven o'clock for... <laughs> Man, I don't like going live for my commitment at 7 o'clock, but whatever. Thursdays, I've been holding to it pretty well. I went off early a couple weeks ago because 
Well, because 7 o'clock is too late for me sometimes. When I'm up at 6 in the morning, 7 o'clock is like getting it's my wind-down time. I don't need to be coming out here and getting all wound up with you turkeys. What do we got? Gary Busey, Rage. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Twitch, for chirping in. Cindy, good for you with the men's group. Thank you. It is needed, man. Um, I love my women. There's nothing. I put women, you know, I often say that men and women are not equal, but actually I put women at a higher level than men, both for protection and respect because they give life. I mean, I, I have half of the responsibility. I get it. But they actually carry life for seven months and then drop it on the earth. That shit's a miracle. I hate women. No, I hate women. Uh, Cindy, thank you. Celebrate differences. I'm not so concerned with that. I want to back up to the point, like if we're different up here, you see where my fingers connect? We believe the same thing. So work back to the position where we can find common ground. That's I've been really trying to do that a lot. Maria Hadlow, see you tonight, bud. I will catch as many as I can. Cool. Uh, what else we got here? Where's Leighton? Where's my boy Leighton? He's always out here. That happened. Oh, it's before 4 o'clock. Those musicians don't wake up till 4 o'clock. On Twitch, Remo. Totally unreal, these tyrants having to go, period. Totally unreal. These tyrants have to go, period. Sorry, I'm not reading well today. Any day. I can't read the red letters of this commenter on